Welcome to this episode of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast. I'm Trey Rhodes, the Connections Pastor here at Northwood Baptist Church in North Charleston, South Carolina. In just a few moments, our lead pastor, Dr. Tommy Matter, will be joining the conversation as well. In our crazy and chaotic world, our hope is that these few minutes will help you stop and reflect on your relationship with Jesus as you learn to connect Christ-centered faith to your everyday life. Well, welcome everyone to episode 72 of the Connecting Faith to Life podcast, and we've got a big one today. We're excited, and we're going to tell you about that in just a minute. In the meantime, make sure that uh, before uh, you leave the podcast today that you invite someone to listen, and whether you do that on Facebook, Twitter, text, however you do that, get out there and get the word going. We're asking you to keep the buzz going as we reach into all these relevant parts of our life with the truth of the Bible. Well, Pastor, as we approach the Christmas season, our minds should be looking to emphasize what's going on and happening overseas in the International Mission Board. Um, in just a, in a moment, the president of the International Mission Board, Dr. Paul Chitwood, will be joining us. And uh, right now, I know because of our input with other missionaries, that there are some difficulties overseas, but there are also great opportunities. So I'm so excited to hear all that our Lord is doing and what we can do to uh, help the work all over our world. So, Pastor, why don't you take over and just uh, get us going on our podcast yeah, today? Yeah, we are privileged today because we do have Dr. Paul Chitwood with us this on this episode of the podcast. He is the president of the International Mission Board. So I'm looking forward to us uh, getting to know him a little bit today and, and hearing from him. Uh, but, Trey, you, when you started ministry, you started ministry on the mission field. I did. That was my first place after uh, my Bible college days, yes. Now, you weren't a part of the International Mission Board. You were the, with another agency, but you spent a couple years in Africa, right? Yeah, I was actually the liaison to the International Mission oh. Board from Transworld Radio back in the day, okay. in the 80s. And that I was, was like back in the 40s or 50s, back in the, <laughs> when they had just invented radio? In the 80s, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, and not quite that long. Yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. So, so for me, you know, my wife Stacy, she was with the International Mission Board. Yes, I she do know that. She served a couple of years in the Middle East. Uh, she was she lived in Cyprus, and she at that time the International Mission Board had a partnership with the Jesus Film, mm. and so um, she went to different countries all around the Middle East and recorded. Uh, people in the language for the Jesus Film. Really, really wow. unique opportunity. That is awesome. And so for me. My first international mission experience was in 2009, a year after we got married. So you had not been on the mission I'd field never been at all mission. I knew that. it was important, right? I was a pastor, so I knew it was important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, of I, course. I led our church churches to give to Lottie Moon and all those kinds of things, but just never had the opportunity to go. Mm -hmm. But in 2009, I led a group from my church in Louisiana to Russia. Wow. We went to Volgograd, Russia. What a place to go. It, Man, that's awesome. But, you know, that trip changed my life. Mm. And since that time, you know, we've been back to Russia, mm -hmm. I don't know, 10 or 11 times and had opportunity to be in, in East Asia now five, six, seven times mm -hmm. and been in Central America. Something about being on the field that mm -hmm. first time in Russia, connected with an IMB missionary there and seeing what God was doing there and then have an opportunity to be a part of that mission. Man, it radically changed my perspective of what Amen. it means to live on mission for the sake of the gospel. It, it does that for you when you go overseas and see what's going on. Right. And now as a pastor, having taken teams for the last 10 or 11 years, I think it's transformed our churches. Mm -hmm. I think it's transformed Northwood over the years Amen. to see how Northwood has been engaged in international missions. And so I'm, I'm glad to have you, Paul. You doing all right this morning? Hey, you're doing great. Uh, such a privilege to be on with you. Uh, Trey, Pastor Tommy, thank you for all that uh, you do to partner with us, to get the gospel of nations your church is so incredibly supported and it's a privilege to get to talk to you and and uh, communicate hopefully with 
many of your members and others who may be listening. Yeah, well, we thank you for taking the time. So, Paul, you've got a pretty interesting journey. Uh, you've been a part of the IMB. You've been the president of the IMB for, what, two or three years now? Yeah, and just passed my second anniversary, November 15th. Wow, wow. So tell us a little about the journey that brought you to the IMB. Well, it was a bit circuitous and quite surprising, really. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, I was uh, I grew up in a little church in the mountains of uh, along the Tennessee Kentucky border, uh, raised by for many years by a single dad and just some uh, deacons one night uh, knocking on doors. Uh, came to our little rental house and invited us to come. And that began a journey of us and uh, for our family and, and me coming to faith. Felt later a call to ministry. Mm. Uh, went to uh, college and seminary and began a, to pastor. Pastor for. 18 years, mm. and uh, two things happened during that time, Brother Tommy. One, much like yours, that were transforming to my life. One was that uh, I took my first international mission trip, my mm. wife Michelle and I, uh, and about the year 2000, 2001, had the first opportunity to travel overseas, and and uh, I mean, that just changed us. Yeah. And then in 2002, I was invited to be a trustee on the International Mission Board, ended up serving for, for two terms on, on the board, and I chaired the board a couple of years. That too was so transformative uh, for our lives, just to have that that front row seat of what God is doing among the nations, and 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 to interact with so many of our missionaries who were going out and who were serving, to hear them share about God's call in their life mm-hmm. and all those appointment services. And so those experiences uh, were a part of my transition later from the pastorate. Uh, to lead the Kentucky Baptist Convention, that that mission work uh, wow. at the state convention level, working with 2,400 churches, was was attractive to me uh, because of uh, again what you know what we'd experienced in missions, uh, traveling overseas and, and serving with the IMB, and then in 2018 had the invitation to uh, to come and serve as president, and just just a privilege to serve Southern Baptists in this role and serve the Lord in his kingdom and serve our missionaries. Amen. So for you, like making that transition from pastoral ministry, pastoring a church into, you know, serving in Kentucky like you did, and now to the IMB, what, what have been the biggest challenges for you making that transition from pastoral ministry? And I know what you do in a lot of ways is pastoral ministry just on an international level, right? But what have been those biggest challenges for you coming into the IMB in the role that you're in now? So, so that, that thread, as you referenced, uh, about pastoring in a different, in a different way, uh, as you know, Pastor Tommy, uh, pastoring is not what you do, it's who you are. That's right. But you, you're called, it's a calling on your life, and, and, and you are a, a pastor. And, and, uh, and so that was one of the you know, challenges, making a transition to convention work, to mission board work, uh, was okay, but I'm not shepherding a local congregation, and and so I, I kind of took that assignment in Kentucky as doing my best to shepherd 2,400 pastors mm-hmm. and and, and um, lead Kentucky Baptists in their mission work. Uh, then at the IMB, obviously, it's a, it's a new level, but but uh, I want to truly shepherd as much as I can and pastoral role our staff as well as uh, our missionaries around the world. So I think that helps fashion my approach to this role. Some of the challenges uh, were just the size and magnitude. Okay, you know, I grew up in a little church of uh, 70 or 80 when things were really going well. We might top a, you know, 100, 120. Uh, and uh, now uh, leading, and, 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 and you know, it's, it's pastor small churches, then pastor larger churches. So it's been a process, but, but to come into this role 
where there are like 4,000 employees and, and uh, uh, you know, international organizations serving in more than 150 countries of the world uh, and, you know, the size of budgets and, and uh, uh, just every aspect of, of leading. The biggest help to me in making the adjustment has been to uh, take the, the uh, idea of leading the team uh, so, you know, I can't lead 4,000 people. Right. <laughs> uh, I can't connect with 47,000 churches. Mm. Uh, but we, we have a, a great team here at the IMB, and, and that team extends even to the local church or pastors and mission pastors. We just count everybody on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, you know, I want to use my influence to help uh, inspire and encourage and direct uh, whoever God has on the team. Mm. Uh, and and that is, uh, that's helped me uh, make the adjustment just knowing I can't you know, it's kind of be in charge of that many people in that big of an organization, but it's layered. And, and of course, at the very top of the layer is the local church. And right. our mission statement that we uh, rewrote and adopted uh, this past year uh, captures that idea. The IMB exists to serve Southern Baptists in carrying out the Great Commission to make disciples of all nations. And we're trying to trying our best to exemplify yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, especially now you think about when you became the president of the IMB two years ago, what you did not have on your radar was COVID-19. Well, you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. that was and uh, uh, it has been you know, a test of faith, but it has also been a testimony to God's faithfulness and the faithfulness of God's people. And I'll give you an yeah. example of that. Uh, you know, as, as COVID hit and a lot of churches weren't meeting, uh, you know, we, we depend upon the generosity of Southern Baptists. Uh, they worship through their giving. They're taking part of what God is doing, not only in their local church, but among the nations uh, through the cooperative program, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, but they're not meeting and everybody getting hit. Uh, you know, our, our income streams immediately began to tank. And, mm-hmm. and, and so and back in May and June, I mean, we were deeply concerned about where this goes, but, but trusting God and then God just pouring out, you know, being the floodgates of heaven in a miraculous mm-hmm. way through July, August, September, uh, and where we saw the goal that we set for the Lightning Christmas offering. Of course, Lightning Christmas offering is like 60% of, of our, the income, the revenue resources we need to do our work. Mm. Uh, the goal that we set September of 2019, as you said before, nobody knew anything about COVID. Uh, that goal, we actually saw Southern Baptist, our churches, surpass mm. by $4.5 million mm. when we ended our financial year mm. back in wow. the Praise the Lord. Just a couple months ago. Uh, so God's faithfulness in that, the faithfulness of Southern Baptists, uh, the love of the nations that, mm-hmm. that, that, that exist in our pastors, in our churches, uh, in the pew. Uh, it's just, it's been so encouraging, even in the midst of <laughs> incredible yeah. challenges. And I know there have been some incredible challenges because think about back in uh, February, March, when this thing really took hold in our world. I mean, travel was shut down. I, I know because I have a friends on the field who, who had to come home to the States and, and those kinds of things. So what have been the unique challenges from your perspective that have really affected the international mission work that the IMB is all about? Uh, the, uh, you know, the financial challenge, again, we, we, we've seen the Lord overcome that. That was the biggest early on. Uh, then, as you referenced the the, the, the travel situation, we uh, we have a, an unusually large number of missionaries who are here in the states right mm-hmm. now because their country shut down. They're not renewing visas to foreigners, uh, or or maybe the missionary or a member of the family had some health compromise. We needed them in a different uh, place, and so uh, that that uh, 
was a, a, just a big logistical challenge, getting people where they need to be, keeping them as much as we could where we wanted them. And now the challenge is, has been getting them back because many of them, you know, desire to go back, ready to go back. We've seen some go back, yeah. uh, but uh, with the, even the recent spikes in the last couple of weeks and where this thing is going over the next few weeks, uh, it really is uh, keeping us focused on, you know, how do we use people who are here in the States who would typically be overseas. And we, we've come up with a plan to do that that has been, I think, very beneficial to us, in particular as we're moving into another Lottie Moon Christmas offering season. Uh, and that is we've assigned uh, all of our missionaries who are here in the States uh, a list of churches to connect with. So mm. just about half of the churches give through the Lottie offering. Uh, and so they're connecting with particularly those who don't just to let them know about, hey, here's what God is doing around the world and invite you to be a part of it. And uh, we've seen some great momentum building mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, you know, health issues. We, we, we've had some of our uh, stateside uh, support staff as well as some of our people overseas uh, impacted by COVID personally or had their families impacted. Really, for as large an organization as we are, God has provided you know, just a miraculous level of protection. Mm. Uh, and it's not been much more severe, especially with people traveling the way right. they do with the IMB. Uh, and so the Lord really has protected us. Amen. Uh, we, we, we did do a season of work from home. Uh, and, and of course, that had its challenges. But we found that we can get a lot done uh, you know, because God has given us technology yeah. he's given to stay connected with people around the world, even when you know, traveling looks a lot different. Right, right. So, so. Talk to us about that for a moment. So I think about, you know, some of our missionary friends and, and, you know, some of them not being able to get back to the country that they were serving in uh, and don't know maybe when they will be able to get back and those kind of things. How, what, what have been the victories for some of our missionaries through this process? You think about using technology. I mean, have they been going to more digital ministry with missions? I mean, what, what have been the victories through COVID-19 that you're really excited about? Let me talk about three different kinds of victories. Okay. One has been in the, the, uh, the provision for our missionaries, you know, missionaries come home, they don't have a house here, they don't have a car here. They expected to be here a few weeks, uh, maybe a month. They're now here for several months. And so what has happened is, is churches like yours, Pastor Tommy, so many other churches just in the, in the incredible generosity and providing for and loving on our missionaries. Uh, You know, we've had missionary houses, uh, coming open all across the country. Some, some churches like just renting a place, mm-hmm. <laughs> paying the rent mm-hmm. uh, for a missionary family. And, and so that's just, that's been so good to see uh, not only churches and missionaries kind of reconnecting to each other, but seeing the love and the provision, the care uh, that Southern Baptists have for the missionaries. It's been such an encouragement. Mm-hmm. The work that is overseas, you know, here's the great news, although we have usually a large number of people here work overseas has not stopped it's been ongoing yeah. uh, and, and this is our 175th anniversary year uh, and the unique thing about that is a little adjective I like to throw in there about Southern Baptist work around the world for these 175 years and, and the, adjective, the adjective is uninterrupted mm. so that 175 wow, right, year witness wow. among the nations for 175 years has been uninterrupted wow. mm. so this is the first global pandemic we've endured there was one back 1918 yeah, I think all of us are more historically familiar with that today. And we had to compare it to what is going on in the world today. But the, the Spanish flu pandemic saw like 500 million uh, uh, infected, 50 million passed away. I actually lost a great-grandfather and two of his children uh, to, the, to the Spanish flu pandemic. 
And yet during the Spanish flu, when 500 million were infected around the world, Southern Baptist missionaries stayed on the field, continued to do their mm, work. Mm. Wars, uh, recessions, depressions, it's not a day that has come and gone since 1845 that we've been without missionaries sharing Christ among the nations, and that is true today. We still have thousands of people serving around the world, and we praise God for that. The victories have been significant. You know, the, the awareness of death has crept near. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and not that death is crept near. Death's always near. We know that. Uh, there's a point where the man wants to die, and after that, the judgment, the book of Hebrews says, and yet, yet people are more aware and more mm-hmm. fearful particularly people who don't have faith. And so that's given a greater openness to the gospel. Uh, we've seen some uh, some really cool projects their missionaries have launched. Uh, one is uh, has been uh, building hand-washing stations in, mm. in rural communities, yeah. uh, particularly in sub-Saharan Africa. You know, there are places where clean water and soap is, oh, yeah. is a commodity that is unavailable. Uh, and, <laughs> On the mission field in our bathtub, we couldn't even get clean water. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's an issue. Point. The missionary, and and so uh, you know, we know the hand washing is one of the great preventative measures for the mm-hmm. spread of the disease. And so we've been building these hand washing stations, uh, and uh, people coming, you know, in, in various communities, literally by the thousands over time. And our missionaries are there mm-hmm. uh, to share about the water of life, to share about mm-hmm. the one who can wash away your sin, and one who can help you give, give you victory over the death that you fear, and. We've seen many come to faith. Uh, Past time, you mentioned online and, and, and evangelism and connecting. Uh, we, we have a deaf theological training school mm-hmm. in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, that your church and, and all our churches help fund. Uh, so people can be trained to share the gospel with the deaf around the world. Well, we had a training session uh, just a couple months ago uh, where there were two men from Indonesia who were here in the States who came uh, to get trained to share their faith. And so uh, they were, were trained how to share the gospel in sign, share their testimony in sign language. Well, they wanted to practice. And so uh, they called upon a, a, a group of their friends back in Indonesia to join them online in like a Zoom right, session. Right. And, and they spent an hour sharing the gospel and sharing their testimony in sign. Hmm. Uh, two of the people in Indonesia who were listening in, uh, the deaf, uh, you know, watching in, uh, I guess I should uh, they, at the end of that call, profess faith, put their that? trust in Christ. We've already connected them to uh, a local church there where they're being baptized and discipled. And so that that is one of many examples I can share with you of time allowed and just the creativity yeah. uh, that, that is allowing the gospel to go forward, even during the pandemic. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So you think about our, our missionaries, Paul, I mean— you know, they're, they're human like we are, right? We oftentimes kind of think of them as the superstars of the Christian faith because they've given up the states to go live in these these crazy places and um, really doing some pioneering work. But kind of talk to us for a moment about what you see, because I know you're kind of a pastor to these missionaries in your role. Um, how are their spirits right now? You feel like our, our missionaries, I mean, I know they're, they've got to be struggling some with the challenges, but are they encouraged? I mean, how, how can we pray for our missionaries right now with, with everything they're going through? Yeah, thank you for that. And, you know, I, uh, I, I like to say this uh, about prayer. The, the, the greatest resource in the Great Commission, the greatest resource in, in our mission around the world, uh, is in our missionaries. It's not in money. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Our missionaries can't save anybody. Uh, the Spirit works in and through them uh, to say, how, how is it that we access 
God's Spirit to work in and through us. It's through prayer. Mm. Uh, and so praying for missionaries, praying for the work, praying for the lost among the nations is so crucial. Uh, that's the greatest resource that, that Southern Baptists can provide. Mm. And now we still need more missionaries, still need the money, but the greatest resource is, is the prayers of God's people. And right. uh, if you pray for missionaries during this time, uh, just pray, you know, that it's such a resilient people as a group to do what they do, to right. go where they go. And you all have, have been there. You understand the challenges and uh, the, the, the spiritual warfare uh, that takes place at the moment you get off that plane, wherever you're, uh, you're about to do your work. And, and so uh, just pray that God will continue to encourage them, to keep them uh, resilient. Many of them have already gone back down into like martial law lockdown situations. Mm-hmm. They've been there have been some release, but it looks a little different in some places in the world than it does here uh, in the U.S. when you're told to stay home. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in those places, you go out, uh, you, you you suffer uh, serious consequences, and and yet the, the, the few food shortages, particularly in the refugee mm-hmm. camps and settlements where we do a lot of our work, uh, are real. So our missionaries have been able to get, uh, in many places, special permission to travel because they're relief workers right. providing meals to hungry people. Just pray the Lord would keep them healthy and safe. Um, uh, pray as they worry about aging family members here at home. You know, mm-hmm. as we know, uh, the U.S. is kind of leading in their own categories right now, and uh, in uh, many of these statistical areas with the spread of COVID. And and so just uh, just pray that they'll be able to continue to trust God concerning their parents or their grandparents back here in the states and and their health and well being. Uh, I, I think you know. Every missionary is there uh, ultimately for the same reason. They're there. They want to see people saved. They want to see God worship for all eternity by that great multitude that will be gathered around his throne from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. Uh, And so pray that God will give them fruit during this time. Pray that they'd be effective in their witness. Whatever creativity is required, and they're I mean, they're exercising a lot of creativity. We're developing resources that we probably needed for a long time and never had the time uh, to, to really uh, invest. COVID has given that time and, and a lot of the training, the Bible translations uh, work, the online evangelism tools. I mean, we've got some tremendous resources been developed over the last few months. So just in all this, pray the Lord would use it and, and, and that many people who haven't heard the gospel would hear and many people who are lost yet will be saved. Oh, amen. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So thinking about um, everything that's going on, you know, the challenges, the victories, you know, our missionaries and how we're praying for them to endure through this time, you're still, in some ways, new on the job. Two years, in, I know it's been a crazy two years with COVID, but you're, you're still in some ways new on the job. So in, in light of everything that you've seen, uh, both in your travels and, and, and there as you're uh, serving um, here in the States, uh, equipping uh, our, our staff and all that with IMB, what excites you the most about the IMB's future? You know, I, I think the potential is so, is so tremendous. Uh, we, we, we're beginning to feel some momentum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, as I mentioned, our missionaries working to reconnect with me and the churches that we don't, uh, unlike your church, there, there's some churches out there, too many churches we don't have that strong connections we have, strong support from. Uh, and so we're, we have a concentrated effort, not just with these missionaries who are here during COVID, uh, but we're actually, we, we've just launched a pilot program uh, where every missionary is going to have like, 
church of 20 to, or a list, a portfolio of 20 to 25 churches. Mm-hmm. And when we assign them that way, we literally cover all 47,000 churches. Wow. In the Southern Baptist wow, that's awesome. and, and the job is going to be to connect with them, build a relationship with them, encourage them to take the next step, whatever it is. Maybe it's just starting to pray for missionaries or just starting to give. Maybe it's a church like yours, heavily invested. Okay, what's what's the next step for you? Uh, adopt your own unreached people group or, or, or form a unique partnership with yet another missionary family. And so we think there's great potential in that because uh, there's a lot of us out there. Right. And, and so uh, the more we can... Uh, motivate the base, the more we can get people involved in what God is doing. I think the more he will bless the faithfulness of that, uh, but also provide uh, for the work that, that he's called us to steward. Uh, so that's a big deal. Another, another big piece here for us is, is moving towards the globalization of what we call missionary tasks, the missionary work on, on the ground. Uh, there'll never be enough Southern Baptist missionaries to accomplish the Great Commission. Right. Uh, but thank God it's not just up to Southern Baptist, yeah. right? We, 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 have, we have global partners around the world, faithful, evangelical, gospel-preaching churches. Uh, and, and, and listen, a lot of Baptists, what, one of the things we learned during this 175-year anniversary celebration, I, I asked our, our research team, tell me, what's, what's the fruit that remains from these 175 years? What can we look back and see that God has done and is still doing uh, uh, through this great investment that Southern Baptists have made. And here's what, one of the things they discovered that just so thrilled me. There are 140 Baptist conventions and unions around the world, like the Southern Baptist Convention. Now, not, not as big, but, but, but there's 140 places where missionaries went, uh, you know, back in the 80s or, or, or maybe back in the 1880s and, and made disciples and planted churches and saw those churches multiply, and then they formed their own conventions or mm-hmm. unions. Mm-hmm. So for example, the Colombian Baptist Convention, the, uh, the uh, Nigerian Baptist Convention, there, there are like eight or nine Baptist conventions in the Philippines. Interesting, mm-hmm. Brother Tom, wow. they call themselves Southern Baptists in the Philippines. But so it's 140 of these. And some of them send their own cross-cultural missionaries. Right. Many of them not. Most of them that do really struggle with it, how to do it well. So for us to come alongside of them with 175 years experience, from the things we've learned, mistakes we've made, successes that God has given us, and to train them and equip them to send their own missionaries has the potential to exponentially increase mm, uh, the number of missionaries doing cross-cultural work and the witness of the gospel to the unreached and the unengaged. So we're very excited about where yeah, that's going. Yeah, 175 years, Trey. So the Southern Baptist Convention started in my hometown, Augusta, that's right. Georgia. That's exactly right. And the Southern Baptist Convention formed around this idea of sending out people mm-hmm. collectively, cooperatively, right, mm-hmm. for the sake of the gospel. That's right. And Paul, I, I don't know about you, but man, I, my mind can't get around what eternity is going to look like when we are in the presence of Jesus and we begin to maybe get a picture of the influence that the International Mission Board has had for the sake of eternity. That's going to be a glorious day when, when, when God allows us to see the role that we played in, in making disciples around the world, right? Oh, oh it is. And, you know, we, we long for that day. We look forward to that day. And just like your experience, Trey, in, in uh, being, you know, with a partnering organization, working with the IMB, the IMB has, has wielded so much 
influence uh, through others and with others in partnership with others. And one of the things that we're trying to do today is to recapture that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, we've we've been through a decade of downsizing at the IMD, and it's it's been pretty tough as we've been making all the adjustments that that have come from you know financial needs. Uh, uh, I had the opportunity to come into my role kind of at the end of that downsizing. It it, it, it had been accomplished, uh, and so now we're looking okay. Uh, yeah, we're not defeated here. How, how can how can we recapture the momentum? How can we begin to use uh, what's really one of the best research departments uh, in uh, in the mission world? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the uh, largest, well, we're the, literally the largest overseas Christian missionary sending organization of our kind in the world and in the history of Christianity. Wow, uh, and so. Uh, you know, the, the, I think there was a season that the IB kind of had this defeatist mentality. Uh, there's, there's no reason for that. And so we're we're picking back up. We're growing again. We're sending more missionaries, not less now. We have a goal of sending 500 additional missionaries over the next five years to grow overseas force and to really use this uh, this platform of influence that the Lord has given us well. You know, he, we'll have to give an account. Every steward uh, has, has to come before the master someday and say, here's what we did with what you've entrusted to us. Mm. And Southern Baptists have been entrusted with a lot. Yeah, that's right. And the IMB has been entrusted with a lot. That's right. And so we, we long to be good stewards of that and see, uh, you know, be able to, to say to the Lord, look, Lord, we, 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 we stewarded it well. And you can see the exponential increase in, in the few talents that you gave us. Uh, and and that'll be a great day of celebration for every Southern Baptist, every Southern Baptist church who's been a part of this great uh, mission work around the world. There's no more important work in the universe is taking place than, than this, mm, right? That's I mean, exactly the, right. The thing is people hearing the gospel and being saved. That's what is eternal. Uh, and as your local church reaches the lost in your community, as you extend your witness among the nations, you're part of the most important work in the universe. That's right. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. And we're going to end our time with one last question. Here's a question I want to ask you. Uh, here at Northwood, our people have faithfully over the years given to the Light Moon Christmas offering. I think every year, Trey, it seems like we surpass our goal, we and we've set a pretty big goal for this year. And so I, I'm, I'm proud of our church because of that. I mean, we've, we've done, a, I think, a good job of faithfully giving to uh, the Light Moon Christmas offering. There are many in our church and probably some listening that are part of another church that, that faithfully give, faithfully pray, but have never taken that step of faith to actually maybe get on a plane and go across the world like you did, you know, back in 2000 or like I did back in 2009 and I just had those life-changing experiences because of that. Uh, so how would you encourage that person who's listening, who who's faithfully prays and faithfully gives, but has just not taken that step of faith and, and they're able to just say they just haven't for whatever reason. How would you encourage that person to take that step of faith and actually get involved by going? Yeah, you know, I, I would say that, again, it's one of the most life-changing experiences that I've ever had, that, that you men have ever had. And it's true about everybody who, who, who shares uh, that that's been a part of their experience. And and so, you know, you don't want to miss out on that. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to miss out on being having that front-row seat mm. of what God is, is doing among the nations. It, 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 will, it will change you in, in wonderful ways. And I would also say, you know, once we get through COVID, whether it's a vaccine or herd immunity, well, you know, however this thing wraps up, and it will wrap up. It will up. wrap up. It will wrap up. And there'll be an openness, that, that whether it's in 2021 or 2022, it'd be safe to get back on a plane and go. 
well, safety is one of the biggest concerns that a lot of people have when they think about traveling overseas and you watch the news and, oh, my goodness, look at all this happening here. But what I found, I think you all can bear testimony this, is when, when you go on a trip that's planned with your church and they're probably working with a missionary family or multiple families right. in a community overseas where they live over every day, where they raise their children, where they go to the grocery store and they go out and talk to their neighbors uh, you know, the, the last thing that your church would want, that the IMB would want, is to put somebody in a terribly risky situation, get them hurt. Uh, and so what we found, just in taking volunteer trips, was that most places we felt a lot safer uh, overseas Absolutely. than we would in the city. home. Uh, walking on the wrong side of town. It's all about being, you know, being smart and being in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with uh, our missionaries, uh, they're going to ensure that that's the case. And so I just say, you know, that part of it that so worries and scares people, let me just encourage you, don't be worried about that at all. Uh, we have like more than 20,000 volunteers mm. every year wow. who go and serve alongside of our IMB missionaries. They all come home. They that's all right. make it back. Right. <laughs> and and right. uh, we, we don't lose any of them. <laughs> so uh, just, uh, I would encourage you, uh, take a, a leap of faith and go. And if you if you, if you come back and, and make it home and say, Dr. not you worst advice I've ever had? You know, you, 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 you ruined my life. Why didn't you tell me that? You reach out to me. I'll make sure you get reimbursed for your travel experience. <laughs> That's a good deal right there. I like that. I like that. Amen. Well, Pastor Tommy, Dr. Chitwood, thank you so much for being a part. And uh, we just look forward to what God's going to continue to do. I am excited about what's going on in the International Mission Board. So, Pastor Tommy, why don't you close yeah, us and yeah. uh, get us ready for next week? Paul, again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been a, a, a treat to have you with us. And we're praying for you. We're praying for IMB. And we're looking forward to what God is going to continue to do through you and through our International Mission Board. I'm so thankful we get to play a part with you guys. It's, it's, just, it's an amazing partnership, and we're humbled by it. Hey, if you're listening to this today, we hope this has been a blessing to you and we hope that uh, you'll go ahead right now and subscribe to this podcast. You can have new content delivered to your device every single week that you'll share this with a friend. Leave us a five-star review. That's always helpful to help us get the word out. And as always, we hope that this episode today has helped you connect faith to life.